Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. This episode of 1514 is brought to you by the BCC's Building Bridges Campaign. Help us build unity by creating connection in the biblical counseling world by supporting us monthly. Go to biblicalcc.org, click on the donate button, and sign up to support us today. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of 1514. As always, it's a pleasure to have you joining us. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to one of the most recent additions to the BCC Council, Larissa Ferraro Bezerra. I probably butchered her name, but she'll you'll get to hear her pronounce it much, much better than I do. Larissa joins us from Brazil, in Fortaleza, Brazil, and she is an author and biblical counselor down there, and we're so excited to have her as a part of the BCC. My discussion with Larissa today covered a variety of topics from her book that she's already written and the book that she's working on to her background, her upbringing, uh, her counseling experience, etc. I really was touched by uh, Larissa's just openness and honesty about some of the challenges, one of the most difficult cases she's dealt with in counseling, as well as the lessons that she learned from that. It was a really uh, just impactful moment and encouraging, and I think you'll be blessed by that as well as all of the other content we talk about. We're in the midst of our Building Bridges campaign, so I want to encourage you, if you are not already supporting the BCC on a monthly basis, to please jump on and, and sign up to give us $10 a month, $20 a month, $50 a month, whatever you can afford. We would really be blessed by that. We are dependent on donors and partners to support us. If you are a counselor or a part of a counseling ministry, you can become a BCC partner, supporting the the ministry with donations, but also receiving some benefits back for you that will help promote your ministry as well. You can find out more information about both of those by clicking on the donate button at the top of our website. So thanks again for joining us for 1514. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today I have with me Larissa, and Larissa, I'm going to let you pronounce your full name because you'll do a much better <laughs> job of that, but thanks so much for hanging out with us and being with us on 1514 today. Can you introduce yourself to our audience? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Larissa Ferraro Bizira, and but in Brazil, everybody knows me as Larissa Ferraro. And I am Brazilian. I live in Fortaleza in the north part of Brazil. I have been married to Guilherme Jr., another difficult name to Americans. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that in English is William. Completely different. In Brazil is Guilherme, and in the United States is William Jr. But everybody knows him as Junior. And we, are, we have been married since 2001 and we do not have children. I have been a biblical counselor since 2010. Very good. So you guys are, have you already celebrated your 20th anniversary or is it towards the end of the year? Yeah, it's going to be the 2nd of December. Oh, congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> well, tell, for those who don't know you, uh, you're one of the newest members to the BCC Council and you've written a book. So tell, tell everybody about the different ministry opportunities that you have there in Brazil and I'm sure other places as well. Okay. I counsel. I teach women all over Brazil. I wrote a book about lies women believe about sex. It was, I believe, the first book about sex written, written by a woman 
in Brazil, a Christian well. woman, I mean. <laughs> yeah. And this is what I, I have been doing here. I counsel, I teach. and I am working on another book about uh, our relationship with food. Mm. That's a, that's a, those are big, big topics for anybody, but especially for women. Uh, when, do you know when that book would be coming out? Probably next year. I plan to have this book probably in the middle of next year. Wow, that's great. Well, we'll definitely yeah. pray for that and look forward to seeing that. Uh, any, any possibility of getting those translated into English or other languages? Yeah, the, the first book, I have it translated into Spanish already, mm -hmm. and I will have it translated into English. And, and I want to translate the other one also. I yeah. know that I can help other people all around the world, so it's important. Yeah, fantastic. That's very, very good. So tell us, where this format, we're trying to just get to know our council members a little bit, get to know our guests a little bit. So going back in time just a little bit, tell us about where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? I was born and raised in Sao Paulo, south of Brazil, uh, a big city like New York. I do not have good memories of my childhood. My mm. parents were not believers, are, are not believers yet, and they are divorced now. But they were very angry people, and mm. they, they used to argue a lot. My father used to cheat on my mother since their first year of marriage until they were 17 years married. That was when they got divorced. I was very, very, very shy. I had no friends. I was afraid of people. <laughs> so I, I don't have good memories from mm. that time. Yeah, yeah, that would be hard. So they got married seven or were married for 17 years. How old were you when they were divorced? I, I think I was 21. It was when I came to Fortaleza, the place where I live now. Yeah, well, that is really, that's really hard. So you mentioned already that you were kind of isolated, didn't really like people. Did that change as you became a teenager? What did you, what were your interests? What were you like as a, as a teenager and then growing up? Yeah, it changed a lot. And I, I think it went to the other extreme. <laughs> uh, also, when I was 11, something important happened. I had a friend from school, and she was a believer. It was my first contact with a church in the Bible. She, she showed me that God was not happy with uh, idols and that I should only adore him. And I did not, now I know that I did not became a believer at that time, but I went to a church and my parents were not happy with that. Once my father went to the church he, uh, with a gun and said he would kill the pastor. Oh, wow. It was, yeah, it was a nightmare. And short after that, I left church and and I, I lost contact with my friends. So in my teen years, I, I also when I was a child, I was chubby. And when I, I was a teenager, I lost weight. And then I, as I, I said, I went to the other extreme and I became a, a popular girl. I used to have bad friends and, and my parents were also very liberal. So they would allow me to go out and go to parties and all those kinds of things. And at that time, I, I entered a new and dangerous world. So, Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, 
that's not where you stayed. So oh how, God, tell us, <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. Tell us how did you, how did you end up coming to Saving Faith and become a, become a believer? I, I used to live in Sao Paulo. Then I moved to Fortaleza. I moved alone without my parents. They got first after that. And when I was in college in Fortaleza, I met my husband. We started living together. My job partner, he was a believer. And also some friends of my boyfriend at that time, now my husband, they became believers and they started preaching to my husband and he became a believer. Mm. When he became a believer, we went to a church and I did not have understand, uh, a good understand. So I thought I was going back to church mm -hmm. because I had been in church when I was 11. Yeah. Uh, and then we went to church. We we had a pastor that discipled my husband, and he said that we needed to to get married because we were not married. We were living together, so we got married. And after two years being married, we had a problem in our marriage. I was working a lot. I was getting a good money, and I decided that I I wanted to get divorced. Mm. And I did not want my, my husband to, to tell anybody in church what was going on. But thanks God, he, he talked to my partner and then God used him, this partner, to humble me and to, to tell me things that I really needed to listen to. And then I repent. I remember... Uh, after our conversation, I went home, I took my Bible, I got on my knees and I asked God to, to deliver from myself. Mm. I, I knew that I, I was in a very dangerous uh, way. And then I opened the Bible, which was Psalm 51, and I had never mm. read Psalm 51 before. And then I prayed Psalm 51 and I said, God, I know that I sinned just against you. And I need you. And after that, everything changed. Now, at that time, I really got saved. I understood that. Wow. Well, praise the, praise the Lord for that. That's a fascinating that you're, you know, you're, listen, you're trying to kind of maybe ignore your husband because you guys are going through a hard time, but then the Lord yeah. uses your, your business partner to help call you to repentance and, and salvation. Yeah. Uh, is that unusual in Brazil? Cause here in the United States, so many people, like so many Christian business people are afraid to talk about their faith or bring up Christianity in the workplace because there's all these rules and laws and everybody's afraid of getting sued. Is that the case there? Or are people more free to talk about their faith in the workplace? I think here in Brazil, we are a little bit more free. And as this partner, he, he, he was a believer and uh, I had been working with him uh, before and I, I knew he had a very good testimony. I, I, I trusted him a lot. I, I think here it's, we, we still can talk about uh, Christianity. It, it, I think it's going to change. Mm. start to change already, but we still have some freedom. Yeah. And obviously Christians everywhere can choose to wisely profess their, you know, proclaim their faith and, and not 
uh, just be afraid of those kind of things, mm-hmm. even if there are repercussions. But yeah, well, praise the Lord that that your business partner was willing to do that. Um, yeah. So, what were what did you study in college, and what kind of work were you doing uh, before mm-hmm. you came into this kind of ministry? Uh, I majored in business administration, and I I was working with exec, I was an executive coach. And also I worked with consultant company. It was a consulting company, mainly using psychology mm-hmm. and counseling executives here. Yeah. yeah, that's a different that's a different kind of counseling ministry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot, yeah. I'm sure a lot of those skills though carry over into your counseling ministry. Yeah. I was used to like sit on a table with a person and talk about her life and help her. And, and even when I was not a believer yet, I used to have my Bible with me. Hmm. And when I had a, it's funny because when I had a, uh, someone that said that uh, he or she was a believer, I used to use the Bible. So to help the person, because I, I was, I could do that in my office. So I used to have the Bible with me. And when I finally got to know biblical counseling, I fell in love with mm-hmm. biblical counseling because I was already doing some counseling using the Bible. But when I saw that the Bible had all the answers that I, 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 I had been looking for my whole life, it was so amazing for me. I, I remember when I went to master's seminary just for two weeks to audit the classes it was my first contact with uh, an a, a MIBC program. And I was uh, in the class and I remember that I, I cried. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Stuart Scott teaching and, and just I could understand that God had the answers and that the things that happened to me uh, were not just because God were not paying attention to me, but it was just part of his plan to save me. It was amazing. Yeah. Now that is a definitely an emotional and life-changing knowledge to come to. So that's, that's wonderful. So I need to back up a second though, because did okay. you say that you would use your Bible to, in your executive coaching before you were a Christian? Yes. Because, <laughs> because I, I know that I got saved that day when my friend, my business partner uh, talked to me. I know that God saved me that day. Yeah. But before that, I was in church. I was even the okay. leader of women's ministry. Hmm. I had been, because I got married in 2008 mm-hmm. and I, I thought I was a believer okay. and my husband thought I was a believer because he married me. Yeah. <laughs> But I know that I, I got saved in 2010 because I, I had not repented from my sins before. And so I was in church. I used the Bible, but I was not. If I died at that time, I would go to hell. Yeah. So you were getting enough Bible knowledge that you were able yes. to then turn around. And I was I was curious about that because I was like 11 Small time at church, like, how did you get this Bible knowledge to even know where to go with people? No, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's not completely uncommon. I don't, I'm sure you met Dr. Street when you were at Masters, you know, his wife Uh came to Saving Faith years after they were married. He was a pastor. She was teaching Sunday school and just realized, I'm, I'm not sure I believe this stuff I'm teaching these little kids, you know, so... 
Praise the Lord that he brings us in at all times. Wow, that's that's fascinating. We are entering a new phase of the 2021 Building Bridges campaign. Last month, we highlighted the past ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, sharing BCC classics on our blog, and rebroadcasting the history of the Biblical Counseling Coalition podcasts. In this new phase, we will share about the current ministry of the BCC and how God is using our ministry now. Help us continue our mission of creating connections to foster unity in the biblical counseling world. You can join the Building Bridges campaign by signing up for a recurring monthly gift at biblicalcc.org. So, so go back. How did you, what was your initial contact to biblical counseling and how did you uh, get involved? How did you end up going to the master's seminary for that, that two-week uh, MABC intensive yeah, uh, my pastor at that time was studying <clears throat> at Masters, and he came back to Brazil for holidays, and he, he called me and my husband, and he said, they, at Masters, they allowed some Brazilians to, to audit the classes during, I, I think it was July, not June, June, I think it's, it was in June. Yeah. And he said, I know that you both can go. So you have no excuse. I want you to go there. <laughs> I remember my husband and I sitting in front of the computer and the, the airplane tickets were very expensive at that mm. time. And we had to, to decide. And then we prayed in front of the computer and then we said, yes, we go. Mm. And then we went there. We stayed for two weeks. Uh, I ordered I ordered the classes, and I, I was so uh, excited about biblical counseling. But I, I, it, it was not possible for me to to get into the program at that time because I would have to live in the United States. Mm. And then I came back to Brazil, and in one of the conferences that we have here. Uh, I talked to Steve Viers and I told him that I went to California and I went to master's seminary. And then he said that they also had a, a program like that in Lafayette. Mm -hmm. And I did not have to, uh, I would not have to live in the United States. I could uh, get into the program and stay in, in to stay in Brazil. And, and then I asked him if I could, uh, again, go and audit the classes <laughs> and not get involved in the program. And I remember that uh, they allowed me to do that. I went there. Uh, at that time, I stayed for a month. It was uh, the World Cup. Uh, and then we did not have many things to do here in Brazil. We went there, stayed for a month. I audited the classes and Stuart Scott was there again. And I was, <laughs> I, I was again watching his class. And then I started thinking, oh my God, why am I again just auditing the classes? Mm. Why? I, 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 I know that God talked to me at that time. What are you afraid? Mm. And then when the class finished, I talked to my husband and I said that I... I, I wanted to be part of the program, but it would cost us a lot. And not just money, but time. Yeah. And then he said that he, he would support me. And then I got into the program. And it was something that 
changed my life my life again yeah. i i left my career i quit my job and decided that i just want to 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 serve to to spend my my time my life my energy and everything that i have just teaching god's word and and helping people Oh, that's that's wonderful. Uh, for some of our audience, they may not know what's going on in Brazil in in the biblical counseling movement. Some uh, I've had Sasha on before, uh, mm-hmm. but tell us what is fill us in. Like what's going on in biblical counseling? I know there's actually quite a bit of biblical counseling publishing going on. Some conferences you mentioned, uh, even ABCB. Some people may not be familiar with with that. So tell us tell us how how the Lord's moving through biblical counseling in Brazil. Yeah, we have here uh, our annual conference, ABCB, (laughs) because in the United States it's ACBC, in Brazil it's ABCB, the Brazilian Association of Biblical Counselors, and uh, we have the conference here, I think it started in 2009, probably, in Sao Paulo, and then in 2010 it started in Fortaleza, where I live. And we have it every year. And in, in Sao Paulo now, we have around uh, a thousand people. Mm. And here in Fortaleza, we have around 500. And these are the, those are the major ones, but we have others, small, also connected to uh, ABCB. And we have also many seminaries that have uh, biblical counseling training programs. Mm. And actually, I, I coordinate one of these programs here in Fortaleza in a seminary. Biblical counseling has been growing a lot here. Yeah. I think many churches are, are getting to know uh, biblical counseling and many pastors are being trained. It's growing a lot. Yeah, that's that's exciting. It's wonderful to see that, and like you said, the seminaries, all of it. It's just fantastic. So tell tell me, what's what do you think are some of the hardest things, or maybe one of the hardest things you face in counseling ministry? Uh, the hardest hardest thing I faced in in biblical counseling was a case of child sexual abuse, mm. and that girl when she came to me, she was eleven. Mm. And she had been abused since she was four. And it happened in church. She had been abused by a pastor, another man also from church. I I walked with her and her family uh, for around uh, a year, two years. And unfortunately, nobody went to jail. And one of the, the men... Men's were also uh, her uncle. And so the family went to a, a hard time, very hard time. And her mother were, uh, was tired. She was tired. Finally, the mother went to the police and she said that the girl uh, made up that story. Mm-hmm. But I know it's not, it was not true because yeah. uh, when I was with that girl, another woman from my church came to me and said that when she was four years, she had been abused for the same man. Mm. So that man was in church for 19 years and nobody did anything. So uh, it was 
very frustrated and I could see uh, that man's law doesn't work. What I learned from that, it was that uh, I, I, I have to trust God that one day he's going to judge everything. And I, uh, it was the only thing I could do at that time. But it was very hard for me and, and for the girl and the family and everything. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't send this question ahead of time, but I think it's a good um, thing for us to share as counselors, like how we, because unfortunately we hear stories like that. Not everybody, but often, I mean, they, that happens far too much. I, somebody recently said it this way. I, re, I have certain ways where I realize I've been in the dark too much and I need to be in the light. I need to go be with God and, and refresh my soul and cast my cares on him. What, how do you do that personally? What does that look like mm-hmm. for you in counseling ministry when you have a case like that and you're just burdened with the, the weight? You're weeping with a family who's weeping and a, and a girl who's been unjustly treated and abused. And that's a weight on our souls as well. Mm-hmm. How do you refresh your soul, go to the Lord, maintain? <laughs> you know what I mean? We need to pray. <laughs> know that but we we really need to pray so i prayed a lot i i studied my bible a lot and i talked to many mature christians to get uh, counsel but this this part is is important to 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 talk to other people mature christians but it, it, it was part of my frustration because those men and, and women, most of them were not living in the same area as, uh, as I was. Yeah. So I did not have uh, people around me that supported my view of the situation. Mm. So I, I talked to the mature Christians who lived far away from me and they, they would have the same uh, thoughts that I was having. They agree with the things that I needed to do. But as they were far away, I did not have like a pastor close to me to help me. Yeah. And because at the time, the pastor that I had was a friend of one of the pastors that abused the girl. So mm-hmm. uh, when I got the council, the, the councils, uh, I get more frustrated. So I think what really helped me was praying and studying the Bible and, and to understand that here we won't have... Uh, we are not in heaven yet, yeah, so things yeah. are not going to work the way we want them to work. So. Yeah, no, amen, that's that's for sure. And I think that probably highlights more than ever why Jesus told us, Lord, uh, you know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because yes. we are not there, and this world yes. is not uh, running the way that it will eventually uh, in the new heaven and new earth. And but man, yeah, well, a lot of us have been there, sister, uh, and we'll just continue to pray for, for you and that. And I'm sure that's just one one story of, of many. 
so what what are the things that keep you going in counseling ministry that, that encourage you and that, that excite you about counseling ministry? I love watching God changing people <laughs> because I think this is what we do. We yeah. just watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get a front row we, seat. Yeah. yeah. That's all we do. Yeah. We think that we do something, something, but it's not true. We just watch. When we get someone that really wants to change and we open God's word and we, we go to the the parts where we we have the answers, we just have to show the Bible. Yeah. We have to we just have to present God's word and He's gonna do everything. So I it's fantastic how we just have to watch. Yeah, it really is just exciting to get to be, uh, I mean, a lot of us have read Instruments in a Redeemer's Hands by Paul Tripp, yeah. and it's so true. Like, we are tools. Uh, we are just avenues of God's Word, and our job is not to bear the fruit in somebody's life, to but just be faithful to present the mm-hmm. ministry, to open up the Word wisely and winsomely, and obviously we study their skill there and other things, but all of that is even from the Lord, so... Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing to get to do. Any mistakes you've made in counseling that you've learned from and that might encourage those, of us, those other of us mistake, fallen, mistake-making counselors? Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to be too task-oriented. Hmm. Uh, I used to focus more on the things that people needed to do I was ignoring grace. Um, I was speaking the truth, but not in love. Mm. It was, I, I think it was an unbalanced approach. So I think, I think, I, I believe we all tend to, uh, to go to one of the extremes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some people are more focused on the things that, the Bible commands us and others are more focused on God's grace. And I believe we need balance. And in the beginning, I was not being balanced. How did, how did you learn to, to balance that out and be more grace oriented as well? Bob Kellerman. (laughs) (laughs) At the the faith seminary training. Is that, (laughs) is that where? Yeah, yeah, with okay. all respect, I love him. Yeah. Because when he was one of my teachers and he also counseled me, mm-hmm. I was uh, going through a problem and I had been counseled by a man here in Brazil, but he th- that man was a very harsh man mm-hmm. and just talk about sin, 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 sin. And I knew I was in sin and I was looking for help. And then I went to the the United States. It was when I had class there. Mm -hmm. And then I I talked to Bob Kerman and I told what was going on in my life. And he counseled me in a completely different way. He he showed me God's grace. Mm, And and I learned that. And I, I learned that for me. And also I learned that I needed to be like him. That because he was... Uh, acting like Christ. Yeah. And I, I needed to be uh, like Christ. 
to the people that that are that are looking for me to help them. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that is the goal to be like Christ and Bob is the opposite of harsh for sure. So yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Well, we're almost out of time and I saved the last two minutes for a segment called two minute favorites. And I, I failed to send you these questions. So you're kind of, you know, shooting in the dark here, but are you ready for this? Yes, I am. (laughs) All right, here we go. What is your favorite food? Uh, Pasta. What is your favorite color? Green. What is your favorite sport? Mm. I don't care a lot about sports. Okay. Do you have <laughs> I, a favorite? I like going to the gym, but. Do you have a I favorite sports team? Uh, in Brazil, Sao Paulo, it's a soccer team. All right. Uh, favorite gift you've ever received? Salvation. Mm. Favorite gift you've ever given? I think my time and my attention. Favorite word? Grace. Least favorite word? Sin. Mm. Favorite book of the Bible? Uh, Ephesians and also the Psalms. Mm. Favorite book outside of scripture? Instruments in the Redeemer hands. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Favorite Bible verse? One of the favorites is Psalm 119.71 and also 2 Corinthians 12.9. Nice. Uh, Favorite ice cream flavor? Dark chocolate. Favorite candy? Dark chocolate. (laughs) Uh, If you had any superpower, what superpower would you choose? Fixing things with a snap of my finger. Ah. <laughs> favorite uh, favorite animal. Dogs. Uh, what's something interesting that you've done that most others have not? Mm. I think uh, the the opportunity to 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 go to the United States. Not many Brazilians have this opportunity. And I, I had the opportunity to, to, to travel there many times and more than that to, to be part of the MIBC program there. Well, very good. Larissa, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a real pleasure and thanks for being our guest. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.